Praise God. This is Pastor Emmanuel Odedei, and it's my joy to welcome you to this podcast. As you listen and apply yourself to the Word of God, we commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So feel free to listen again and again until your faith comes alive. You shall testify. Thank you and God bless you as you listen and apply yourself to the word. Amen. This series, which we began last week during the week of emphasis, is understanding the fundamentals of kingdom wealth. Understanding the fundamentals of kingdom wealth. What are the uh, foundation and fundamental things we must know about kingdom wealth and this is the part two we had part one a b c last week and this is the part two and why make maximum impact in life the first question we want to answer tonight when he talks about making maximum impact in life why why do we need to make maximum impact in life what does it mean making maximum impact in life is about affecting your world positively affecting your world positively. Matthew chapter 5 and from verse 13 tells us you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savour, where we shall it be salted? Verse 14 says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Many believers today are not fulfilling what God has ordained them to be. Salvation, God's servant said, is not an escape route to heaven, but is for reigning on the earth. Salvation is not an escape route to heaven, is for reigning on the earth. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12, he said, What is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, glory, honor? But if you back up to verse 10, it tells us, among other things, that God has made us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. So the power to reign is given to us according to that scripture. You know, Revelation says, what is the lamb that was slain? The reason why it was slain is for us to reign on the earth. So when we talk about making maximum impact is when you become a positive influence to your world. To make maximum impact is to be a plus and not a minus. To make maximum impact is to be a contributor and not a detractor. To make maximum impact is for you to be a distributor and not a beggar. And this is God's ordination for every one of us as his children. He wants us to live life to the fullest. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. Abundant life is making maximum impact. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice tonight. You will make maximum impact in life. This world will know that you came. In the name of Jesus. You will leave your footprint in the sands of time. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why is this important? It is because this is God's ordination for us. This is God's plan for us. But to make maximum impact in life, 
you need access to kingdom wealth. You need access to kingdom wealth. There's a destiny mismatch that we see in our world today. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and from verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and from verse 5 tells us there is an error that is, I have seen, I've seen an evil under the sun and there's an error that proceeded from the ruler. And what is the error? Verse 7, he said, I have seen servants riding on horses and I've seen princes walking as servants on the earth. I have seen those who are supposed to take the rulership, they are walking while servants are riding on horses. It's a destiny mismatch. It's an error. God has ordained you to live life to the fullest. You are not to be a beggar, but a distributor. You are not to be patching through life, managing through life. You are supposed to live a life that is dignifying and brings glory to God. So tonight, I'd like you to be very attentive the few minutes we have for what God will be revealing to you that will reveal you to your world. I pray that by the word you are receiving tonight, God will reveal you to your world in the name of Jesus. So it talks about, you know, servants riding on horses in that Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 7. And princes are walking on food. But we saw further down in verse 19 of that Ecclesiastes. Tells us one of the things that will make it possible for you to live life to the fullest. He said, a feast is made for laughter. Wine maketh merry. But what? Money answered how many things? All things. For you to fully realize part of God's plan for your life, among other things, is required is kingdom wealth. And that is why this month is very important. God is saying to us, I want to release kingdom wealth to those that can be trusted. Last week we looked at certain truths about kingdom wealth. What are the things we must know about kingdom wealth? Because money answers all things. That's what the scripture says. So what do we need to know in order to flow in this realm? Number one, we said kingdom wealth and prosperity is God's will for us. It is God's will for you to prosper. Second, uh, third John and verse 2, he said, Beloved, I weep above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So among other things God wants for us is that you live a life of prosperity. Psalm 35 verse 27, he said, let them shout for joy that favor my righteous God. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So God delights in our prosperity. He has pleasure. There is no father, there is no parent that is proud to have a poor child. You see, that my child is very, very poor. I'm so proud of him. No father ever says that. So, your poverty does not glorify God. And that's why I say this month, God will change your story. In the name of Jesus. God will place kingdom wealth in your hands. In the name of Jesus. So, it is God's will for us that we prosper. Number two, truth. Number two, truth we must know about kingdom wealth is that giving God the first place in our financial stewardship empowers us to flourish in hard times. Giving God the first place in your financial stewardship empowers you to prosper in hard times. When you give God the first place, it makes you first in life. 
You remember the story of the widow of Zarephath, First King chapter 17 and verse 13, specifically. When Elijah approached her, he said, do as you have said, because he said, this is the last meal we have. But make me dear of a little cake first. Make for me first. And then you will have what to eat from the remaining days of this famine. So God is saying, put me first. In your finances, put me first. That's why the tithe is the first thing you remove before you start spending. Put me first. Make for me first. Make for me first. And then I will ensure that you are covered in hard times. Shout hallelujah. Number three truth. We must know very quickly. These are things we, we looked at in our introduction last week. Number three is genuine commitment to kingdom advancement. Empowers believers to keep flourishing like the palm tree. Genuine commitment to kingdom advancement. Empowers believers to keep flourishing like the palm tree. And that eliminates every form of dryness. The palm tree is so powerful. I even add, you know, recently that the palm tree is one of the many trees that will never be uprooted by hurricane. You know, in America, they have many of those very strong winds that can lift houses, that can lift very heavy. You know why? The palm tree cannot be uprooted because it has the capacity to bend over. <laughs> That's why we as believers... We are likened to the palm tree. No matter the wind, the palm tree goes over, can bend almost, you know, 90 degrees, can turn over. And when the wind is over, it bounces back. I pray for you, God will make you like the palm tree. In the name of Jesus, you will flourish in hard times. No matter the storm that is ravaging the world, it will not come near you. In the name of Jesus, Psalm 92 and verse 12. He said, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow. How? Like the cedar that is in Lebanon. He said, they shall be fat and flourishing to show that God is upright. Look at verse 14 all the way to verse 15. You still be bringing forth fruit in old age. That is God's desire for us. That you still be bringing forth fruit even in old age. So genuine commitment to kingdom advancement. Is what makes us flourish and eliminate every form of dryness. Shout hallelujah. Number four, kingdom truth. Very quickly tonight, before we go into the main thing we are looking at tonight, is that serving the interests of the kingdom of God is a vital key to covenant well. Serving the interests of the kingdom is a vital key to covenant well. Let me quickly say this tonight, that... One of the reasons why God prospers us is so that we can be a blessing to the poor around us. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 27. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 27. He said, He that giveth to the poor, what happens to him? He shall never lack. But he that hideth his eyes shall have many acres. As you are giving to the poor, you are servicing that channel and God says that you will never lack. One of the ways you can serve God is by being a blessing to people around you. Being a source of blessing to people around you. You know Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 11 when God brought his people out of the land of captivity one of the things he told them is that there will always be poor people. 
I don't know if you have noticed. There are always poor people. Growing up, there are poor people. Now, there are poor people. When you grow old, there will still be poor people. But you can choose not to be among them. For the poor shall never cease out of your land. That's a scripture. Therefore, I command thee, so that you don't join the poor, open your hand wide. Say with me, I will open my hand wide. Open your hand wide unto your brother, to thy poor, and to the needy in the land. So, as I'm using your hand to meet the need of the poor, because the hand of the giver is always on top, I ensure you don't join the list of the poor. I pray for you, you will not be part of the poor in the land. In the name of Jesus. And how do you do that? You use your resources to serve God by being a blessing to poor around you. So serving the interests of a kingdom by being a blessing to the poor is a vital key to covenant wealth. But we also know that it is not all giving that has guaranteed returns. It is not every giving that has returns. What are the demands for guaranteed returns every time we give? We look at two of them tonight as we move on. Number one is that you must know that our tithe does not bless God, but blesses us. It is not all giving that guarantees returns, but one of the things that we ensure that your giving has return is that, please understand this, people of God, your tithe does not bless God, it blesses you. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8, will a man rob God? He says, yes, you have robbed me. How? In tithes and in offering. You have robbed me. You have robbed me. And he says in verse 10, bring ye all the tithe to my storehouse and so that there may be meat in my house and prove me now if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Who will he pour? You. You. So your tithe is not blessing God. It's blessing you. I will pour you out a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. The kind of blessing that you will not be able to contain. Receive it this month in the name of Jesus. As you begin to advance the course of the kingdom, God of heaven will surprise you financially in the name of Jesus. But as you are sowing seed, as you are giving, ensure that you have this mentality. We looked at this also last week. That your giving is not a donation to help God. God does not need help. He said, if I were hungry, I will not even ask you. Psalm 50 and verse 12. You and I do not qualify to be consulted in case God has need. If I were hungry, I will not tell you. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. So anything you do by giving and sowing to the kingdom is for your good. Not to bless God. So once this mentality is right, you do it with joy. You do it with delight. Shout hallelujah. So for you to have returns from your giving, the mentality must be, I am not using this to bless God, but to bless myself. It's a means that ensures that the windows of heaven remains open over our head. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. They say, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all their increase so shall thy barns be filled 
with plenty and your presses will burst forth with new wine. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. So as you are honoring him with the resources and hang on a minute, he's the one that gave you the resources in the first place. The tithe that you pay is 10% of the 100% that you receive. And the tithe is just to say, Lord, I received the 100%. This is the receipt. There are many people God has stopped blessing and releasing blessing. You know why? Because they have refused to send receipt. Maybe, you know, it, it, you, you, it, it's thought that you have moved address. So God stopped sending blessing to that address. I pray your blessings will never cease in Jesus' name. So it is the tithe that confirms that you received the 100%. If you refuse to send the 10%, he will stop sending the 100%. So your tithe is to bless you, not to bless God. Number two thing that guarantees returns on the seed that we sow is that we must sow cheerfully. We must sow how? Cheerfully. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7, every man should give according as he proposed in his heart, not grudgingly, nor necessity. Why? Because God loved a cheerful giver. God loved who? A cheerful giver. You must sow cheerfully. What does it mean to sow cheerfully? Sow with joy. Anytime you think, you know, you are giving and it's not, it's, it's out of compulsion or you are being forced to do it, there is no joy inside you. And you say, well, if I didn't pay my tithe now, I would have had money. You, you must well not pay it. Because it will not attract any blessing. Many are sowing, but they are not reaping because it's not done joyfully. Even our stewardship, because you know, giving is a form of serving. It's a form of stewardship. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 47. It said, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. For the abundance of all things, because he's the one that blessed you in the first place. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 47. Because thou didn't serve the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. For the abundance of all things that he blessed you with. He said therefore, verse 48. In nakedness, in famine, in hunger, in thirst and want of all things. That they will serve their enemies. That will not be you in Jesus' name. So he said it is possible to serve if it is not with joy. He said they will serve their enemies. How? With hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, want of all things. Until we put a yoke of iron on your neck and destroy them. That will not be you in Jesus' name. That is the danger of serving, of sowing, but doing it without joy. Joel chapter 1 and verse 12 talks about all the trees that are meant to be producing. He said, the vine is dried up, the fig tree languishes, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree, the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered. Why? Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. So if you are not serving God with joy, even though you are serving, if it is not with joy, there will be no guaranteed returns. So to sow and have returned, you must sow cheerfully. I pray for you. 
whatever is causing sorrow of heart, God will convert it to joy in the name of Jesus Christ. What are the enemies of covenant wealth? Since the month began, remember we are looking at understanding the fundamentals of kingdom wealth. But there are enemies. There are things also that we must be aware of. According to Songs of Solomon 2.15, he said, take away the little foxes that spoil the vine. What are these little foxes that we must be aware of? So as not to, you know, fall victim and trap to the wise of the enemy. Number one we are looking at tonight is wasteful living. Can I say this very quickly tonight? That no matter how much you are sowing, no matter how much you are faithful in your giving, if you are living a wasteful life, that is, everything that comes into your hand must finish, you are not a candidate for this kingdom world. Wasteful living is an enemy of covenant world. Wasteful living. There are believers, they eat with their ten fingers, literally. Nothing is saved. Nothing to keep aside. Everything that comes must go. You are not a candidate for kingdom wealth if you allow wasteful living. You remember the story of the prodigal son? Luke chapter 15 and from verse 13 all the way to 15. We're told after this young boy collected everything that belonged to him and he wasted his substance with riotous living. He wasted his substance with riotous living. And verse 14, the Bible says, when he has spent all, that's how many believers live, they spend all. They spend, even their tithes, they spend all. God gives them 100% and they spend all. They said, God, you know, this money is not even enough. <laughs> I tell you, if you can think what you have is enough. There must always be the little that you keep aside. You know, Jesus, even though he was the one that performed the miracle that brought five loaves and two fishes to feed 5,000 people, over 5,000 people. John chapter 6 and verse 12. Look at this principle. And this is Jesus teaching you and I this principle. That no matter how much the blessing of God is, always gather the fragment. He said when they had filled, when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that, not, that remain, that nothing be lost. Gather the fragments. Those who live wastefully, they have nothing to show for their labor. Please, don't live a wasteful life. There is always something that you can reserve for the rainy day. There is always something that you can reserve. There are many people, for instance, in this pandemic, because nothing has been saved in the past, nothing has been kept back, you felt it harder than others. God told, you know, remember the story of Joseph. Joseph was given the wisdom to be able to store and have, you know, all the years of plenty. Save it for the year of famine. Famine is not new. Farming has always been. Farming is. Farming will still come. But it is those who know how to save for the rainy day that will be able to escape the time of famine. Don't eat with your ten fingers. The prodigal son, in fact, the Bible told us later there that he was eating with the swine, with the pigs. Even though, 
he, this boy was a boy that had everything. He was eating with the swine. He was eating. And that's how many are today. The thing they didn't want to eat, they are, they are finding themselves to eat it. They are not eating what they want. They are eating what they find. Why? Because they are wasted. They are living. There are people, no matter how much they earn, nothing to show. Everything is gone. Buy the latest designer. Buy the latest things. <laughs> save for the rainy day. Let me tell your neighbor, say save for the rainy day. Avoid wasteful living. Proverbs 18 and verse 9. It said, he that is lazy in his work is a brother to a great waster. So, a man that is lazy and the one that is working but wastes resources, both of them have a joint destiny. It's a negative destiny. If you are working, but you are wasting, and a lazy person, both of you are the same. Is he that is slothful? Is a brother to him that is a great waster. So even if you are working hard, but you are wasting hard, he said the destiny is still going to result as if you are not working at all. Receive grace tonight in the name of Jesus. Say with me, I will avoid waste. By all means, in the name of Jesus. Very quickly tonight, number two enemy that we must avoid in order to walk in covenant world, kingdom world, is poverty mentality. <laughs> poverty what? Mentality. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, the Bible told us, it said, as a man thinketh in his heart, what happens? So is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You cannot have a poverty mentality and mistakenly become prosperous. You cannot have a mentality of poverty and then all of a sudden become rich. No. Life drifts in the direction of our thoughts. Whatever you think you can, then you can. If you think you cannot, then you can't. Numbers chapter 13. And verse 33, we saw how these spies were sent into the land of promise. And when they came back, they said, we saw giants, the sons of Anak in the land, which have come of the giant. And we were in our own side. Say with me, our own side. Our own side, we were like grasshoppers. So were we. Who told you that so were you in their side? You cannot be better in the sight of others than you are in your own side. We were in our own sight like grasshoppers. So the, the ground ate them up. None of them saw the promise. Because they said, we are not able. We are not able to go into this land. Because it's their mentality. Their mentality tells them they are not. They are not able. So they could not get into the land. If you must prosper and be part of the end time financial giant that God is raising, you must have a prosperity mentality. Not a poverty mentality. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. So what do I do? To enjoy the prosperity that God gives, you must start thinking right. Think prosperous. Think prosperous. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, he said, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are just, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and any praise, think on these things. 
think prosperity. See yourself as a prosperous person. Don't see yourself living a life of lack and want. That this is always how it has been and this is how it will end. No! Change the thinking. Genesis 11 verse 6. Those people who were attempting to build the tower, they said, in fact, God was the one that said, Behold, these people is one. They have one language. This they began to do. Nothing will be restrained from them that they have imagined to do. Because they desire to build a tower that will lead to heaven, even God said nothing shall be restrained from them. Think prosperity. Think about making maximum impact in life. Don't think small. Don't think little. Think futuristic. Think of a glorious future ahead of you. And very quickly, just before we round off tonight, how then do we make maximum impact? Have a vision to be a blessing in life. As we round up tonight, how do I make maximum impact in life? Have a vision to be a blessing. Don't always look at what you can get from people. Have a vision to be a blessing. Martin Luther King Jr. said, if a man has no purpose for living, is not fit to live. If he has no purpose, there is no vision for living. You know, Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it said, where there is no vision, the people perish. For you to make maximum impact, it begins with having a vision to be a blessing. The bigger the vision, the bigger the dreams and the things that is required for you to get there. And it begins with that vision. 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 Have a vision. Have a vision for a glorious future. Don't think of yourself small. Even though your beginning may be small. You say your latter end will greatly increase. Have a vision for a glorious future. Have a vision to be a blessing to the world. Number two, to make maximum impact, discover your divine endowment. There is something that God has put inside of you. Discover it. Matthew 25 and verse 15. He said he gave to them talent according to their several ability. So there is something that God has put inside of you to bless the world is with all you need to do is to discover it. Discover the hidden talent that is inside of you. Number three, also have a dream for living, especially kingdom dream. For you to have maximum impact in life, have a kingdom dream. Have a kingdom dream. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 17 and 18 talked about David. He said it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the Lord God. And God said to David, because it was in your heart, you have done well. Even though you are not the one that will build it, because you had that kingdom dream to build a house for me, you have done It's as good as being built by you. So have a kingdom dream. The larger our kingdom dream, the more prosperous, the more impact that we make in life. Shout hallelujah. Number four, for you to make maximum impact in life, take responsibility for your life. Don't look for somebody to blame for wherever you find yourself. Take responsibility for your life. God has placed before us, according to Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, he said, Behold, this day I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And he says, Choose life so that you and your seed may live forever. 
to make maximum impact in life, you must take responsibility for your life. No matter what it is. For instance, somebody say, well, with this pandemic now, how can somebody survive? Take responsibility. Now, take responsibility. Nobody planned this pandemic, you know, but you can take responsibility. And say, from this moment, I begin to move forward. These are the things I'm going to do to make impact in life. And lastly, number five, be grateful always. No matter what state you find yourself, judge God faithful and be grateful to him. Psalm 67 and verse 5, he said, bless the people, bless the Lord and all, he said, let the people praise thee. Oh Lord, let all the people praise thee and then the heart will yield an increase. So the heart will not yield increase, will not maximize its increase until the people begin to praise the Lord. So praise God for whatever and wherever you are and God will keep taking you higher. Rise up on your feet with me. Lift up your voice to heaven. As you begin to appreciate it, begin to glorify him. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you praise for your word that has grown swiftly tonight. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. For everyone under the sound of my voice tonight who is not born again, please get your communion materials ready as we partake of the communion. But before we do that, all eyes closed and all eyes bowed. You are connected to this service tonight, but you are not born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Give me the privilege to pray for you. Anyone like that, raise up your right hand in front of your device, wherever you may be. And say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this privilege to give my life to you. I know I'm a sinner, but you came to die for me. Father, forgive me. Write my name in the book of life. I believe I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray for you. The mighty hand of God rests upon you. From today, everything about your life takes a new turn. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you have been inspired to take steps towards a closer walk with God and towards the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. We would like to hear from you through our various social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at WCIB UK. You can also watch our past and latest videos on YouTube by searching for Winners Chapel Birmingham UK. Till next time, remember, Jesus is love.